This is the Dad Devotionals Podcast with Dave Domzowski. Each week, I'll bring you compelling interviews that'll educate, inspire, and motivate you to become the father and husband our Lord called you to be. We're a community of devoted dads who want to strengthen our faith and family and live out our true purpose in this life. Please, won't you join us? Just text me at 717-913-5671, and you'll be welcomed into my Devoted Dads community. And if you want to support the podcast, we invite you to purchase a product, a book, or a course in our affiliate shop on daddevotionals.com. You can also contribute monthly at patreon.com slash daddevotionals. Now, here's today's show. God bless. Hey guys, are you having trouble with your business? You want to boost your revenue and profits? I have the right business coach for you, Joseph Warren. He's a top Christian and business podcaster who also appeared on Dad Devotionals. And I know he can help you clear your path, get out of your own way, and move forward. Let Coach Joe blow up the business rocks stuck in your head. Text Coach Joe plus your best email address to 717-913-5671, and I'll personally connect you with Joseph Warren. It's time to man up. Text me now, 717-913-5671. Let's do this. Today's guest is Tim Ferrara. He's the author of Eyes on Jesus, a 90-day discernment devotional and host of the top-ranked Eyes on Jesus podcast. He started the Discerning Dad ministry at discerning-dad.com as a way to write and encourage Christians to grow in discernment and make better decisions that honor God. Wow, don't we all need that? He's also the executive pastor at LifePoint Church in Arizona, where he lives with his wife, Jamie, and their two children. Tim, welcome to Dad Devotionals. It's great to have you. David, so good to be with you. Thank you so much for the invite, and I'm excited for our conversation today. Excellent, excellent. So, well, to begin that then, let's tell folks what you want the dads out there today listening to take away from our time together. Yeah, absolutely. My my big focus, as you said, is discernment, you know, making decisions that honor God and leads us down a path of blessing in our life. And I really feel that, you know, the big question is, how do I know God's will? Mm-hmm. And everyone wants to know that they want, you know, the writing in the sky or some angel to tell us, right, you know, that would be amazing. But God reveals so much to us through his word, and through the Holy Spirit and through relationships around us that we really can know on a daily basis, what we're supposed to and it's not that you just kind of check in with God once a year and say, hey, how's it going? Can you bless my plans? Are we good? You know, no, God wants an intimate relationship with each one of us. And that requires effort. It requires discipline. It requires, you know, if I want to get in shape physically, I have to go to the gym almost daily. Right. And I won't see the results right away. But over time, I can see the benefit of it, both to my health and my energy and all those wonderful things. But you have to actually get up off the couch and do it. And there's so much in our Christian life where we just want the blessings of God without putting in the work. And even though we're not saved by works, absolutely, through the grace of God alone in Jesus Christ, amen. But there is still a lot after the fact, after you say yes to God, that they, we have to do just as part of our daily disciplines. Absolutely. So speak to those guys out there who, you know, they they feel like... They want to make better decisions, but there's something holding them back. What what do you what do you find that is normally holding men back from making those daily decisions that honor God and that you know speak 
um, is to speak to those obviously in terms of what it means for their families and for their children and, and, and their, their various roles in life. Yeah. Well, to be honest, it's not easy and I'm not going to ever try to say that, Oh, just do this, these three steps and your life's going to be perfect. Right. I mean, we live in a fallen world. We live in a sinful world. We live in a world full of distractions, just, I think more so than any other time in history with technology and social media And I mean, our phones alone are a portal into all the information we could want, both good and bad. And so that can be both good. I mean, there's a lot of benefits to social media. I mean, we're talking now through Zoom, which is an amazing way to spread the gospel and connect with people. But we also know that there's a lot of pitfalls with that. There's a lot of distractions that come. And so one of the my recent focuses with my devotional eyes on Jesus and my podcast eyes on Jesus is that we have to keep our eyes on Jesus every day because the distractions are so severe. They're so strong. And unless we're aware of them, unless we keep from getting sucked into them, I mean, just a, a common example is, you know, we spend three hours on Netflix, right? We, we, we binge watch a whole season. Uh, you know, that takes up hours and hours and hours of our time. And yet we lament the fact that I can't spend 15 minutes reading the Bible or that I can't spend time with my kids or I can't find time to have a date date night with my wife. And so we have to come to the realization that we make time for the things that are important to us. My Mm -hmm. mom always said that, you know, if it's important to you, you will make the time. And so priorities really come into play is that what is, what does your day look like? What does your week look like? What can you take off your plate? And before you take something off your plate, you have to realize, what am I going to keep on my plate? What is important to keep on my plate? Obviously, I have to go to work. I have to do certain things, but there's a lot of excess. And I think with technology has made our life easier. It's also given us a a doorway into things that uh, we don't necessarily need. A good example is like on social media. You know, I I would notice just my, my physical mental well-being after I would scroll through Facebook and I'd see news sites, for example, I'd see all these news sites. And after I scrolled through these news sites, I felt just depressed. I felt like, you know, this, this weightiness on me. And I had to come to the realization that I'm going to unfollow these sites. I don't need to see every single article because it all points to mostly negative stuff. Uh, You know, I'll wake up in the morning. I'll say, Hey, did the world blow up? No, I'm good. Okay. Let's move on about my day. You know, so there's a, a time and a place to kind of find that balance. And other people may be able to scroll through Facebook and have no problems, be able to connect with God. So you really have to assess your yourself, where you're at in life, and also know that it's okay to say no to things. No, I, I appreciate that. And it, it's funny that you mentioned the, um, the uh, you know, unfollowing some, some specific sites and everything and pages and groups and all. Because I, I try to trick the algorithm, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook, I only follow things that are religious, and, you know, obviously the point to, to Christianity, and uh, you, you would be amazed what my feed looks like. Now, every time they slip an ad in there and, and all, but, you know, the, yeah. the, the next post is something that is, is more, uh, you know, uh, edifying for my Christian walk. So I appreciate you saying that. Um, now, before we take a break here, guys, I want to talk to you, Tim, about you know, you host the Eyes on Jesus podcast. It's a top-rated show. I mean, and, and it's it's gone through a couple iterations as well. Um, but you've done it for a while. I mean, I think you're close to 100 episodes, right? Yeah. So what are two or three of the common themes that you're seeing come up in the show when you bring these guests on? 
that um, that people keep just hitting on and your your listeners maybe are, are commenting about. Um, are, are there a couple things that come to mind that you want to share? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm blessed to be able to do the podcast. I never thought I would. I never thought it was my personality too. And so I just, I felt God saying, hey, this is the next step because I had written for a while, had written blogs and books, or a book at the time. And so I started the podcast and it's been awesome. Like just when you're faithful, doing what God tells you to do, how he will bless it. Uh, and it's not always how, you know, you want it to look. A lot of times the results you know, is like, oh, I want to get thousands and thousands and thousands of views. And God's right. like, maybe just be faithful in this season and and let me use it. Right. And when I wrote my book, I, I gave it to God is like, if one person gets something out of this, it gets closer to you because of it, then it's a success. Amen. And so before any of that, I think really, no matter what you're doing, and not everyone's called to podcast or write a book or be a pastor, and that's 100% okay where you're called to be at in your life, in your job, in your sphere of influence that God is calling you to do and be a part of, can you be faithful where you're at? Even if it's not the job that you want or think that you'll always have. And I've been there too. I worked in retail for many, many years. And I say, God delivered me from retail. And that's hundred percent true because you know it, it was something where at the end of my time there, it was very hard on me to even go to work every day. And I know some guys are feeling that. I know some guys, you know, just do the same thing they've always known because they want to be a good provider and they want to support their family. And God bless you for that. But just know that where you're at now, not thinking about the future, um, is, is where God God has you for a reason, right? And so how can you show love and light in the place that you're at, in the sphere of influence you have? Look, don't Don't just think about the future all the time. And I think going back to your question, one of the things that a lot of people have said uh, is, and in and, and season two of the podcast, I asked everyone, how do we keep our eyes on Jesus every day? You know, how do we focus on God? And also I, I asked my guests to share discernment stories where they failed. You know, they thought they were on the right path, but then they had to do a 180 and figure out, hey, this is th these were my plans. This was my goal. And I was asking God to bless it instead of going to him ahead of time and saying, okay, God, what do you want for me? Let's go down the path that you want, even if it doesn't look like I want it to look. And 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 just some amazing guests like, you know, John Eldridge, uh, Corey Russell, uh, Max Lucado, uh, Bob Goff, just some really good, good guys. So I would encourage you to check out their stories. But um, I would also say too, you know, I talk a lot about open doors and uh, I had Adam Weber on and, and his conversation stuck with me. Uh, he's a pastor and he talked about open doors where, you know, a lot of times we only see the first door in front of us. We don't get to see the 20 doors down the road. You know, I'm a planner. I love, I would love to know five, 10 years down the road, you know, what God has for my life. But at the same time, our mental capacity could not handle that. You know, mm -hmm. if God showed you grief and loss that was coming five years from now, you would, it would cripple you, it would put you in a state where you couldn't even live out today. And so a lot of times we only live one door at a time, but we have to trust God with that one door that he's opening for us. And discernment comes where we have maybe 20 doors in front of us. How do I know the door God wants me to go down? And a lot of times, and this is what Adam, Web Pastor Adam Weber said, is we force open the door that we want. We sledgehammer it open. There's no grace of God on our life to keep it open. So we force it open our, in our own effort. Now it becomes our effort that we have to keep it open. And that meant a lot to me because a lot of times I just say, okay, here's the path I want to go. I'm going to make it happen. And now there's 
a lot of things we have to do in our own efforts. So like when, when God called me to blog and, and, and start a website, I had no idea what, how to do that. So I had to research, I had to do the, I had to put in effort. I had to figure out trial and error, how to do all that stuff. But at the same time, that was the open door. And so just because it's an open door from God doesn't mean that uh, there's not effort that's required on our part, but at the same time, not every good opportunity is a God opportunity. You think of David in the in the cave. He had two times he could have killed Saul. And both times he said, this is God's anointed. I will not touch him. In God's timing, he will take care of this. And his men were cheering him on like, God's given you victory. Go kill him. And David's like, no, I will not touch God's anointed. And sure enough, in God's timing, Saul was killed in battle. David was uh, was then king. And so you really have to look at what guys in your life are cheering you on to do the wrong thing. You know, uh, maybe it's guys you've always had in your life that you can't see parting with, but are they actually building you up? Are they tearing you down? Are they speaking life into you or are they speaking death into your life with their words? And so our community, our core group of guys is so important as men. Uh, I never thought that I wanted that for a long time in my life. I thought I could just do it on my own. I was connected with church. I knew people. But once I really started having a core group of guys, which we call our covenant group, we meet once a month and we just talk about, hey, what's going on in your life spiritually? What's going on in your family? What's going on at work? And, you know, nothing, nothing crazy, nothing, we, you know, we don't like cry. We don't like, you know, sing Kumbaya. It's just being real with another guy who can yeah. pray with you, who can say, hey, why don't you stop that? You know, <laughs> why don't you just man up and stop? crying about that and move on. I mean, sometimes we need that. I think as men is, is, is someone who's real and not just telling us what we want to hear. Absolutely. And I can relate to, um, not, I know there's a lot of guys out there that aren't in the career they want to be in. So you mentioned retail. Uh, I, I know I can relate to that. I was in a career like that within accounting where I just, I went to school for it, but I didn't love it. And it wasn't until two years ago that I finally, uh, you know, I had to wait on God's timing and I was finally put into something. It felt like he actually just picked me up and placed me <laughs> because I yeah. mean, you know, it just happened so fast. And it was a culmination of things that I, that I was working on and doing on, on the side that ended up leading to this, to this door, 20 doors down the road. So it was very yeah. interesting. All right, guys, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. When we come back, we'll chat more with Tim Ferrara on how to be a more discerning dad. We'll be right back. Hey dads, are you responsible for your household or business finances? If so, check out my website, runthemoney.com. Run the Money is the place for money management tips for saving more, paying off debt, and budgeting. I also give you ideas and information for starting a side business. If you're in between jobs or need a way to get a better handle on your family's money, go to runthemoney.com for free articles on money management. That's runthemoney.com. R-U-N-T-H-E-M-O-N-E-Y. All one word. Runthemoney.com. I'll see you there. All right. We're back with Tim Ferrara. He's the executive pastor at LifePoint Church in Arizona and host of the top-rated Eyes on Jesus podcast. Tim, What's something that you're struggling with right now, whether it's in your ministry or personal life, and what are you doing to overcome it? Yeah, that's a good question. And it kind of relates back to what I talked about before, but I'll expand on it a little more, is results, thinking about results. So I have a podcast, I have a book, 
I have a ministry. We look at numbers. We look at finances. We look at all kinds of stuff at church. Uh, and so results, being results oriented, and, and I was in the business world and retail. And so every day we look at sales numbers. We look at, you know, percentage increase over last year. And so I have that mindset to just boil things down to raw numbers. And so God's really kind of working on me with both my podcast, my book sales, you know, a lot of things that I just pray would blow up. I pray would just, hey, let's sell a million books. That'd be awesome, right? I mean, God, you gave me this book for a reason. Why can't I sell a million books? You mean just stuff like that where, and then I think about it and like, okay, well, you know, obviously there's a lot that goes into that. And what would that even do for me if I did sell that much? Is that really what God wants? Is that why God called me to do this? Uh, I talked to Max, uh, Max Decatur recently and his very first book, I mean, he's like a well, I mean, he's written over 50 books now. He's, he's called America's pastor, like all this stuff. Right. And he had a great story of his first book. He had 15 manuscripts and he, this was back, I think in the eighties and uh, I'll probably mess up the story, but he basically mailed out his manuscript, physical manuscript to wow. 15 publishers, got 14 rejections. And the 15th publisher finally said, we'll give you a shot, you know, and this is someone who, if he saw the next 30, 40 years of his life, he'd be like, oh, this is just a little setback, right? But in the moment, when you face rejection, when you think that what you're doing, God's not blessing it, mm-hmm. it can be depressing. It can be, maybe I'm on the wrong path. But a lot of times we have to persevere through the problems. And that's actually the focus of this season, uh, season three of my podcast is what happens when you have a roadblock in discernment? What happens when you're on this path? Because I never want discernment to be where if I just make the right decision, my life's going to be easy. I won't have any problems because Jesus said in this life, people will face persecution. They will hate you because of me. And so if, if, if that happened to Jesus and the disciples and Christians for centuries, we live in a culture where. Uh, I'm just going to get my insurance card to heaven. I'm going to accept Jesus. And then my life is going to be great until I reach eternity. And so uh, also with the understanding that once we receive Jesus, our eternal life starts now. We don't have to wait for some by and by in the sky that I'm just going to like bide my time on earth until the rapture, until God takes me home. It's like, no, here and now God has work for you to do. God has something for you with your talent and your abilities that he's given you that might be unique to you. And so I think comparison really hurts that when uh, I can look at any other podcast, I can look at other book sales, I can look at rankings on Amazon, for goodness sake, you know, and see where my book ranks among other people. And so I think to boil all this down, I would say comparison kills our contentment. If we are content in Christ alone, it doesn't matter what the results are, because the results are up to him. You look at King Saul, and he was rebuked because he wanted to sacrifice before Samuel got there. And he was rebuked by saying that obedience is more important than sacrifice, meaning that sacrifice was everything at the time. It's what they revolved around before they went to battle. They sacrificed. They sacrifice was such an important part of the culture. And yet God is telling Saul obedience is more important than sacrifice. And so I think for us in a culture where we can look at Instagram, we can compare followers, we can, be depressed when we only got 10 likes on a post instead of 50, you know, there's all this thing, all these things in, in technology, going back to technology that can distract us from 
what God has for us. And so I would encourage everyone listening to figure out what God has for you. Be obedient, even if you don't see the results. If you go talk to a crowd and you thought it should have been a thousand, but it's only 10, can you can you minister to those 10 people? Can you give of your time that God's calling you to do? Because maybe that will grow. Maybe that Maybe you'll start small. Maybe God will bless that and it will grow over time. And maybe it won't. Can you be content with being obedient, even if you don't see the results you've got? Well, being obedient and then also on top of that, using those talents that you've been given and not burying them, not, not hiding them under, under yeah. a, a, a bushel. Um, you know, you're, you're, if you have those 10 folks, well, you know, you're planting seeds, right? Yeah. I mean, you're planting seeds and then they'll take it out. I mean, that, that's kind of how the, this podcast is, is growing, you know I mean? Yeah. It's small, small, um, uh, small audience, but it's growing and growing and growing and more people are coming to me saying how they've been, uh, influenced by it. So, yeah. I mean, I, I can attest this works. You can attest it works. I mean, yeah. This is a tried and true way. There's a reason it's, you know, Christianity has been popular for 2000 years. There's right. a reason behind it, guys. So please uh, listen to listen to Pastor Tim's words here. Uh, next, I wanted to talk to you about an article that you recently wrote titled uh, Christianity is Easy. Now, obviously, uh, I know and I think a lot of the brothers listening would know that that's a little tongue in cheek. Uh, yeah. But talk to us about this. And, you know, there's one point where you mention how how we need to avoid being slaves to sin and instead be slaves for Christ's sake. Can you expand mm. on that? That sounds good. I, I sometimes forget what I wrote. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that sounds good, but no. You want me to hit pause and we'll, and we'll, you can go read it really quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I, th- this article was great because, uh, and it's funny with writing for me, you know, I don't write as a hobby. I don't write for fun. Sometimes I'll get something and I just have to get it out. I have to write it. And then now I'm in a period right now as we talk where I, I have no desire to write maybe ever again. So <laughs> these things come and go. And it's funny because I'm like, oh, I have these ideas for more books, but then I don't really feel that the passion. And so sometimes anyway, but some, some, some guys might be feeling that too. Uh, things yeah. you're passionate about that God might, you know, your talents and stuff, you know, sometimes you have a season where they go dormant and you have to just be faithful and build upon it. So with Christianity is easy. Uh, obviously it is tongue in cheek. You know, uh, I wanted people to kind of see the title and it's like, what does this guy think? You know, this is tough. You know, God, Jesus said, we'll be persecuted and Christians are dying all over the world. And the whole point of it is that as a religion, right, as a religion, uh, Christianity is probably one of the easiest deals you can get if you think about the way that people sign up for it. You know, like I said before, I want to go to heaven. It sounds a lot better than going to hell. I'm going to just slip my hand up and then go over, you know, and live the rest of my life however I want. Sounds like a pretty good insurance deal to me. I get to just go to heaven. And so that's kind of the mindset, especially in American Christianity, where, you know, there is no really uh, discipleship. There's no really, and some of this falls on churches too, and pastors where they just look for the numbers. They just look for, okay, these hands, we can now say that we had 50 salvations, but then who's actually reaching out to them uh, and and discipling them, mentoring them, because we all need that. No matter what stage of life you're in, we're all in a Christian race, right? And so salvation is the starting line, you know, but there's some people that are further along. There's some people that are towards the end of the race. And so we have to spur each other on. You know, it's not a competition where I'm trying to win over other Christians. It's that we're all in this race together trying to reach our goal. And so how can we be unified? How can we grow together and encourage others? And so the, the bottom line of that article is that Christianity is easy, but discipleship is hard, mm. right? Jesus called 
disciples. If you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself and carry your cross. That's what Jesus said. Denying your fleshly desires, denying that sin, that even though we are justified by the grace of Christ, we're still being sanctified. Sanctified means that we are we are being made holy as Christ is holy. And that takes a lifetime. You never get to the point where, okay, now I'm perfect like Jesus. That never happens on this side of glory until we're then meeting him in glory and have our new bodies and all that. So as we go through the sanctification process, know that you will mess up. You will still fall into those uh, trappings of sin, into those fleshly desires. And so uh, Jesus said to carry your cross, right? The cross representing crucifixion to dying. Literally, Jesus died to his self. He died to his desires. He said, not my will, but yours be done. He went to the cross, but for the joy set before him, the Bible says, and the joy is us today that he can restore relationship to us. And so that restored relationship requires something on our part. And so after we say, yes, I want that, I want that freedom. I want that, what, what God promised me. Now I have to do those, like I said before, daily disciplines. And this might be another book that I write is daily disciplines. You know, when we think about, you know, I, I played basketball growing up and we think about sports or military, uh, there's all these daily disciplines you have to do to be at your peak, right? You know, look at even like the NBA finals, you know, right before the big game, what are they doing? They're playing, they're doing layups, they're doing three-point shots, they're dribbling and passing all the very basic fundamentals that they, sure, they're in the big game now, but they don't neglect the fundamentals. And so as Christians, a lot of times we want the bigger things of God. We want like you know, let's see like prophecy and signs and I want to see angels and all this cool stuff. But what about the basic fundamentals that we're still called to do? We're still called to pray, you know, we're still called to read the Bible, yeah. still called to encourage one another. We're still called to go to church for goodness sake. There's such a mentality. Like I don't need to be in a body of believers. Yes, you do. And the Bible is very clear. Forsake not the gathering. We need others to encourage us and to build us up. And so uh, I would say all that, you know, a lot of times, when you read the Bible, you don't necessarily quote get anything out of it. I'm doing a study right now on when Jesus said, "I am the daily, I am the bread of life," and he he taught us to pray uh, for our daily bread. And there's this this whole cool thing I'm going to preach on soon here is is how the Old Testament pointed to bread through the Passover mm-hmm. and through the table of the showbread in the temple and through manna from heaven. All those, those three things pointed to Jesus Christ, who is our bread, who is our daily bread. And so uh, that is something where it's not just a, a one-time thing. It's that we need Jesus every day. We need to get in his word. We need a relationship with him. And I think I say this in my article too, is that why would you want to spend eternity with someone that you don't want to spend today with, right? Exactly. And that's a, little sho- that's a little shocking. It's like, yeah, I want to be with Jesus forever. Well, what about today? You can be with him today in your quiet time. He's with you always even into the end of the age. And so it's not to bash anybody. It's just to encourage you that maybe there's a piece of your Christian life that you're missing. Maybe that relationship, that, that deep connection of being a disciple of Christ that we're called to be is missing. And I would even challenge people that some of the things that you're facing are because of poor decisions that you've made and we've all made them. But a lot of times those decisions lead us down a path where we then have to pay for those decisions here on earth, right? I even say that, you know, your eternity might be secure, but it might be hell for you on earth while you're facing the consequences of your decisions as you live in sin, right? I've been there. I've, I've struggled with lust in the past. And I've, I've done all these things that just lead you down to a place of 
feeling condemnation, feeling guilt, and then they kind of snowball into worse and worse things. And, and, and so the encouragement for you is that uh, anyone listening is just that you can do this, but you, you can't do it on your own. You need a community of brothers around you. You need to get in the word of God daily and it feeds you in the moment you're in it. Even if you don't remember what you read, right? I don't remember what I ate a month ago, but it nourished me the day that I mm. ate it. And so the Bible's that way too. It nourishes you. Uh, find a good uh, cadence around your quiet time with God. Even if it's, even if you start five, 10 minutes, do it consistently and see how God blesses that and even grows that over time. Absolutely. You know, I'm reminded of when you're, when you're speaking there uh, of the apostle Judas. Um, so I'm, so I'm Orthodox Christian. And one of the things that we talked about in our, this is our, actually our Holy week, believe it or not. Um, but uh, one of the things we talked about in, in the, in the service last night was how there's this, there's this icon, this image of, of Judas and all the apostles are together, but he leaves his, his halo, the halo that he had, the crown that he had, and he is walking out the door to go betray Christ. Mm. And obviously we know what happens to him. He ends up, he ends up hanging himself. But if that he, instead of just taking things in into his own hands and, and instead of just, um, you know, not going back to Christ and just saying, I'm, I'm sorry, Lord, you know, he, yeah. he, he, he just, he takes it all on himself and then he loses out on what was rightfully his, you know, he's yeah. following this guy for three years and then he loses out on, on, on ultimate salvation. So I, I guess that, that my, my point is, you know, in, in listening to you, I mean, yes, Christianity may, may be easy to, if you, if you don't do all the things that you're required to do to hang on to that salvation, to hang on to Christ's promises, to do the the simple, the simple but not easy things on a daily basis, basis like prayer, like uh, you know, spending time with God, because we are so easily distracted with this thing yeah. <laughs> that yeah. it, be, yeah, your time gets sucked up into the things that aren't that aren't important. So I, yeah. I, I appreciate that. I just wanted to let, to, to well, talk about that before we got to the fatherhood five. Yeah. And one thing on that with Judas too, is it's interesting where it says that Satan entered Judas when he went to go betray Jesus at the end. And you think about that, you're like, how is that fair? Right. You know, it was out of his control, you know, Satan entered him. And I think what's interesting is when you look at Judas, there was so much going on in his life before that moment, Mm. right? He he was dishonest with the money. Mm. Uh, He had jealousy in his heart when uh, Mary anointed Jesus feet. And he's like, well, that could be used to pay the poor instead of seeing what was in front of him. And so there was a lot in Judas's life ahead of time that led to that open door for Satan to enter him. And so it's not that he was, uh, uh, you know, unaware or uh, that he didn't going back to those decisions that lead up to a place where uh, obviously the worst thing ever is betraying Jesus at the end. But uh, I think it's just important to note that when you think about the small decisions over time that leads to something that it feels like we're out of control in. Right. Thank you for pointing that out. I appreciate that. That is that is so important because we um, we tend to see, you know, it kind of like when someone makes it big in with in the in the stock market or with a business or yeah. something, you see that the end result, the big the yeah. big event, but you don't see the process of getting yeah. it. So thanks for pointing that out. All right. Now it is time for my favorite segment, the fatherhood five. So think of it, Tim, as a lightning round, quick answers, right. 30 seconds or less. And the first thing that comes to mind. Sound good? Sure. All right. So first question, what is the most rewarding thing about being a father? 
Uh, I think the most rewarding thing is when your kids make decisions on their own uh, and you see good decisions on their own uh, that you've kind of hounded on them for a while and finally you get to see them do it on their own. Maybe they said uh, no to something at school or maybe they you know, are, are reading the Bible on their own. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff is really rewarding. I love that. What's the most difficult thing about being a father? Uh, the most difficult thing about being a father is uh, when... Uh, well, my son's very strong-willed. And so a lot of times you don't, you see the different between your kids, you see the different personalities and to be able to know what each child needs uh, and to be able to give them that within their personality and how God has gifted them. Mm. And sometimes that requires different parenting strategies, different punishment strategies, different reward strategies. And so be able to know that with your kids, not just do like a blanket approach for, for all your kids. Oh, I like, I love that. Um, how do you react when one of your kids does something wrong? How do I want to react or how do I react? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, sometimes I, I will, uh, be more angry than I should for sure. And so I think all the dads can relate to that. Uh, I think, uh, I learned over time too, that sometimes I have to let the moment pass and then mm-hmm. follow up later yeah. with a more quieter conversation in the, in the, in my son's room, for example, where in the heat of the moment, it's just like this level of escalation where we just keep rising and rising and rising. And so sometimes I need to let him rise, still have the authority of, of saying, this is what's going to happen or go to your room. And then when things are heated down, then be able to speak life and truth and love into him later. Yeah. Amen to that. Best book on fatherhood that you've read. Oh, um, I want to say John Eldridge, but I don't know if that's specifically for fathers, but it's definitely for men. So, I mean, Wilder Heart can't go wrong with that. Uh, and I think that really speaks to the fatherhood identity that we have as men. Definitely. Um, name a Bible verse you're meditating on lately. Uh, my favorite verse is Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And then you'll be able to discern God's perfect and pleasing will for you. So we're promised that we can know God's will for us once we do the first thing, which is don't be conformed to the world. Amen. All right. Well, hey, you survived the fatherhood five. Congratulations. Yay. <laughs> and we are just about out of time, but I want to give you a chance to tell us where we can connect with you and uh, learn more about Eyes on Jesus and Discerning Dad. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Eyes on Jesus is the podcast. You can get that on any podcasting platform. Uh, also, discerning-dad.com. You can find my resources. My two books are on Amazon, Everyday Discernment, and Eyes on Jesus is a 90-day devotional. So if you want another devotional to add to your quiet time, would love it if you pick that up. And let me know. I, I, I'm open on social media. My DMs are open. I'd love to connect with anybody that wants to know more or has questions for me. I'm also on TikTok, too. So Discerning Dad on TikTok. Oh, yeah, definitely. TikTok. Love gotta, it. Gotta get on there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And this has been a pleasure. May God grant you many blessed years and best of luck with your ministry and your family. Thank you so much. And God bless. Thanks, David. God bless you and your family. Thank you for listening to Dad Devotionals. Be sure to text me at 717-913-5671 to join the Devoted Dads community. Do me a favor and share this episode with at least one other person who could benefit. Until next time, take care and God bless.